Awesome. Hello, hello, hello. We're in 2021. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I truly believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood. And the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us aren't just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so that we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right. So, man, I've um, I've just the the guest that I have on today, folks. I've uh, we were just talking to her before the call. And um, I just said, I don't know how I've waited. It's taken this long to speak to you for the first time on a, a podcast, but here we are. Um, uh, this woman is uh, is so inspiring. Her story and mine um, of going through a lot of, uh, um, you know, just triumph, just a lot of adversity in the last few years is, you know, I really relate to and just her approach to other people. Um, she is a coach with the Sales Rebellion. Um, we've had a, a few of them on here um, and um, they just have so many great insights. She, I love her profile. She teaches sales professionals how to humanize the sales process and turn the pain into power. Um, she was also uh, recently named a top 100 sales stars of uh, LinkedIn sales stars. Um, she's a mom of boys and um, she wants us to all to get out and triumph in life. And um, she's such an active uh, member of uh, the women in sales, uh, just community of so many great women in sales on LinkedIn. Please welcome none other than Michelle Hecht to the podcast. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Alex. What a beautiful introduction. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I, um, I first came across you. I mean, you've been in sales for a while. You're, um, you know, professional salesperson throughout your entire career. And, and now you're coaching uh, salespeople. And, um, you know, I'm really interested on um, people learning from your approach to sales. And, and, and when you say things like, humanizing the sales process, what that really means to you. So we'll get into questions like that. Um, but first, I want people to understand um, you, you know, they're going to learn a lot about like the human uh, approach to sales that I believe we both uh, share. But um, I want people to understand a little bit about you, your story. So it's kind of a deep question, but I want to talk about like what makes you you. So it's about your value. So it, it's this. So Michelle, what values uh, or events have made you the human that, you know, we get to talk to today and, and maybe who's taught them to you and where have you learned them throughout your life? That is deep. I like it though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that you might, you know, be a good yeah. one to, to go there in the beginning and Absolutely. We'll find some fun stories off of that. Question. Right. If you would have asked me that a year ago, I probably would pause and like try to grab straws, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, looking back on not only my roughly 20 year career in sales, but, but my life, the biggest areas of growth for me have been coming out of adversity, you know, at, at, during the hardest points in my life where significant things happened to me, both personally and professionally, while I was going through them, I didn't understand how 
it was going to change me for the better and there would be lessons to learn from each one of those things. But over and over again, that proved to me that it was, you know, those experiences that shaped me, molded me to who I am today. And, and what I mean by that specifically is I've gained so much more confidence and grit and empathy, especially because I can, I can recognize those things in other people. I identify with them and I can empathize and, and I'm just more of a, of a sincere, caring, confident person because of that. So I, I lead by example, and that's been my compass for a very long time. I can navigate through things, situations, different personalities, and I can help people and support people regardless of what they've been through because I can identify with them on so many levels. And that's the bond that I share with people. Yeah. You know, I love that. You know, it's, we all have things that we're going through. Like it's when you say things like, you know, like I can identify, I can bond with people because I realize like what they've gone through. It's, it's hard to develop empathy, you know, sometimes with people, they, you, you know, some, some people think it's just a, like a, you know, skill you either have or don't, but I feel like it's something too, you can develop through those life experiences or just being willing to vocalize your story. We talked about that people not knowing how to do that. I'm yeah. curious, were you always that way? Do you like, cause I I'm, I'm thinking like, here we are in the beginning of 2021, we might listen back to this you know, years from now. And it's a lot of us went through so much adversity and you in particular went through like personal loss and tragedy and just, you know, going, um, losing jobs, losing family members. I myself have, have, have almost like, you know, in a different way lost, had the same kind of experience, uh, getting laid off and losing a family member, my father in the span of two, you know, a year and a half. And yeah. it crushes me. Um, but then I like, I wrote about 2020, like I, I thought it tested us, which it did, but I thought it was deeper than that. Cause I feel like that person was always there but maybe didn't know how to come out or didn't see the person. And I felt, and I wrote that it, it kind of revealed more uh, who we are. And do you, do you think that like, um, you know, were you, do you, were you that just kind of who that person beforehand and, and do you relate to something like that? Um, That's uh, a great question. I wanted to address two things that you said. First of all, you pointed out that it, it's kind of like it's an innate quality, right? Having that deep sense of empathy and that, yes, we were tested. I believe that within the first few months of the pandemic, that to me was a test, you know, like, okay, you're going from a lifestyle of being on the go and having a rhythm and, you know, it's predictable. And this is what you're doing day to day, whether you have children or you don't have children, whether you're working, field sales, inside sales, everyone was into a rhythm. And because it wasn't a gradual shutdown, it was literally like a screeching halt. Like this is what's going on. We're closing. That's it. So people didn't have time to start making plans and, and quote unquote pivoting and figuring out things the way we would normally do if we had advanced notice. So because of that, I feel that we were tested in the beginning during the first few months, but the longer that this went on, it wasn't so much a test anymore. I believe that people started to realize like, 
this is not going away anytime soon. This is becoming the way of life, whether it's going to be for a few months, a year. So get comfortable, kids. Like we're not going anywhere. So it kind of shifted from a test to a lifestyle. And I really believe that people emerged better than they thought they would because the words that come to mind are resilience and grit and 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 strength and i think people really amazed themselves with how much they were able to accomplish and i'm not, I'm not just talking about work-wise just being able to handle family and 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 finances and 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 money and their job situation and like everything was right in front of them they couldn't get distracted. They couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't do anything. Like it was in your face and you had to, you had to handle your stuff. <laughs> and that's, that's what that, you know, when we move out of our comfort zones, it's very uncomfortable, but when we overcome obstacles and we get through them, I always say this, like we grow through what we go through and we do. And then we look back and say, holy cow, like I did that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I yeah I love that. I love that line. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna you know <laughs> steal that from me because, you know, I I feel like before this I'm like I don't need to go through anything. Like I'm secure with who I am. Yeah. Like I know who I am. But then like you know when you we don't really truly know unless like we're putting like like sometimes we have to be put in those uncomfortable situations because we won't put the, ourselves in them ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, okay. So like, you know, 20, this past year, um, you know, was super, you know, we had a, a lot of adversity this past year. It's not like that won't ever, we won't have more of it. Um, was there like other times that you can remember in your life where maybe you kind of had that shift in mindset where like there was either like a you know it was it was a job a lot like a loss something where it was like a moment where i was like huh maybe maybe i am you know really becoming the person that like i want to you know i i want to be there are so many to name and i know you don't <laughs> have two three hours <laughs> yeah. so i will spare you all the details and yeah I, i'm a talker obviously. <laughs> so I, I try to keep things more succinct, but yeah, in answer to your question, there have been many, but there are some that really stand out. They're the most vivid. And if I had to go back, let's say professionally, whether it was being overlooked for a promotion because of politics, whether it was layoffs, because in the industry that I was in, that was very, very common you know, to, to lay off a sales force, to lay off a huge portion of the sales force due to, you know, the loss of products. Let's say they went off patent or for, for a myriad of reasons, but I got used to that. You kind of get numb after a while when it, when you see like the patterns and, and things are becoming habitual, right? You don't take it so personally, but for me, one of the biggest moments of adversity where I knew that, you know, I really have no control over this and it's bigger than just another downsizing or restructuring of, of, of a geography was the early part of 2019 when I was at a crossroads and I realized like 
I am not going in the direction that I've always wanted to go in. And if I continue this pattern of always going back and doing the same thing, that that's the ultimate definition of insanity, right? When you continue to do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. And so I had to make some major decisions to continue doing what I had been doing for years or to completely step up my game and, and shift and go for it and do what I've always wanted to do, which is coaching, training, things I've always done in the past in small increments and on a smaller scale. But now that I wanted to pursue full time and just go for it. And that's, that's very uncomfortable. Like reinventing yourself in your forties is very uncomfortable. So that's the one that really sticks out the most. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you like you shared that because um, for anybody listening, like you're all going to be put in situations. I feel like, you know, you don't, we don't just sell events can sell us on changing ourselves, um, convince us, you know, really tell us and show us that like, you're not in a current state, a place where, you know, you feel like you should be, or that, you know, in a, in a, it's not, it, it, you, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel comfortable. It, it, it feels like, you know, just there's something off. And I think that's when people end up changing is when they ultimately feel like that they're not where they need to be. And so they, 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 they sometimes make drastic life changes. They make changes, they decide changes with work and, um, you know, um, being just, uh, you know, really aware of yourself when you feel that is, is, is really important because I've felt it myself. Um, and I, I had the same thing at a job seven years, uh, probably should have left a year or two before, but you know, just wasn't, didn't feel growth. Didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. You know and, what, Alex, uh, you and I have that in common where it's, it's professional and it's obviously the feelings that you just described, but there are things that are also going on in our personal lives that we're struggling with and that we had to juggle between that feeling of not being where you wanna be and then taking care of people in our lives and going through like personal traumatic experiences. So there's lots of layers. It's, I would love to say it was just that one thing professionally, but when you're going through so much in such a short period of time, personally and professionally, and you're trying to juggle and navigate between both those parts of your life, which are the most significant, right? Personal and professional, that creates a storm. And you're, you're, you're trying to maintain control and, and you can't. And for me, I'm a control, like not freak, but I, 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 it's important for me to try to have some level of control. And when you realize you don't have any, that creates even more tension. So, so yeah, it's, lots of layers, like peeling back the layers of an onion, lots of layers. So, you know, I want to pivot. We want, Guinness, I, I love, um, you know, staying here. I could talk about this um, all day long. Um, I, I will just end off and say, like, I think um, just um, to, to, to kind of help you with knowing how to connect with others and, and, you know, and, and, and we're going to kind of lead into sales is that when you realize, um, and other people have talked to, the, to this, when there's a lot in sales that, you know, in, in life in general and connecting with people that you can guide and you can lead and you can, 
you can, you know, have some measure of, of you, you obviously want to, you know, have, uh, be in control of, 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 of conversations, but know that, you know, sometimes um, there's a lot that you can't, and then, and that's just okay. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and that's what happened to me. Like when I realized like, okay, like maybe I can't control getting that interview or that offer. That's when things started to happen when I could just control my actions and what I could do and what I put out into the world. That's when it started coming back to me in, in ways that I didn't think it would. And that's, that's maybe the message. Um, I think in what you just offered. Yeah. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head, right? They say that, I don't know who they are, but whoever they are, they're pretty <laughs> smart, but uh, that life is, you know, 10% what happens to you and 90% and how you handle it. And I believe that, you know, sure. I'd, I'd rather put my, you know, I'd rather put all my chips on that than the, the 80, 20 rule. Like I'd rather go with the 90, 10, because that's, it hits home for me. It really hits home. Totally. So, totally. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about your just philosophies on selling and, and how they've affected your personal and professional life. So like first question is what does that line in your title? Because I think we both connect on it. I'm just curious what it means to you, um, humanizing the sales process. What do, you, sure. what do you think that means and what should it mean for, for all of us? So for me, I guess what it personally means to me and what I feel it should mean for for people is while keeping metrics and the numbers the quotas the goals while keeping that in mind you know kpis they're very very important i believe that it's it's taking all of those processes it's taking all of those guidelines you know things that are you know playbooks and whatnot i believe it's taking all of that and by humanizing the process, I mean not sweeping your soft skills under the rug and only focusing on how to close, how to handle an objection, how to move people through the funnel, you know, instead of it being so transactional and so robotic and, and, and basically just a, a know-how of moving from A to B to C, it's about having the emotional intelligence and the self-awareness to look between A and B and then B and C and understand how to deal with people, how to empathize, how to help people build confidence, how to earn their trust. So it's all of the unspoken, unwritten things that we should be doing as human beings that tie everything together in like the perfect little package, if that makes sense. It completely does. And I want to, to, to lay it context down for everybody listening, because I, I just love these two stories. And you probably have some others. Like, so if there's others that like I'm not mentioning that relate, please bring them up, uh, Michelle. But gang, so Michelle, um, you know, uh, Michelle's met two awesome celebrities that I know of. There's probably more that, um, you know, did things with her that I'm sure don't do with many other people that they meet. Um, you know, and I think that sales is a part of life where people, um, they, they buy into a change in, um, what they would normally do because of you, um, because of the connection that you made that, 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 that only we have the capability as humans of doing and using that, those soft skills. So I'd love to know kind of how we'll talk about how you, you do it and what things to, 
what advice you have for people listening, but gang, like she met um, like Tracy Morgan, the comedian from the SNL and her local grocery store. Like she keeps seeing him and finally she just approaches him with just like a very relatable line of like, you know, I keep seeing you here. Like if, you know, this is just a sign that maybe like I should, you know, if this isn't a sign that I, I should be going to another grocery store, like, I don't know what is like, so I got to talk to you. And I'm, you know, I'm a big fan, but let's like get to know you instead of just being like, oh my God, can I get a selfie? Same thing. She met Oprah, you know, at a VIP, you know, kind of event. And, you know, she got Oprah to, to sit with her for like seven minutes just really like telling a, a really heartwarming story about her and that I think you know someone as big as even Oprah could relate to and gave her some amazing advice and took an awesome picture so you know in in stories like that and then others like what do you think you're doing with people like if you could kind of like you know kind of summarize it like what do you think are the reasons why those two people are kind of giving you a little more time and you know in the one case you know you got tickets to CNSN, SNL, you know, out of it, so. That's a great question. And if I had to narrow it down, I'd probably say, and I'm not just saying this because we do this as, as part of our marketing, you know, as, as sales professionals, like pattern interrupt, right? I think that that applies to so many things. If you think about it, these two celebrities, regardless of you know how big they are, they're, they're both celebrities. And I'd say 90% of people that would see them in public or have the opportunity to meet them, their first inclination would be to, like you said, get a selfie, get an autograph, you know, it would it would be superficial. The 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 exchange between them would be superficial so that they can go ahead and post it on social media and have the, the bragging rights to say, I met so-and-so. And, and I chose in both examples, I chose to be different and to do it differently because I didn't want to be like everybody else. I wanted to stand out, number one, but more importantly, I wanted to connect with both of them and I wanted them to see me differently. You know, they might for, they might've forgotten me like the day after, but in that moment, in that exchange, in that, in that meeting, so to speak, I wanted to have a real conversation and I wanted to make an impact, even if it was for 30 seconds, but I wanted to walk away knowing that I made some sort of a connection with people and that it wasn't all about their status and, and being a celebrity and on TV and millionaires. Like I wanted to connect with them as people because we put our pants on one leg at a time, we all bleed red and we're, 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 all, we're all the same basically. We have different ideals and values and cultures and races and I get it, but we're all the same. And, and that was my goal. Yeah, I love what you said about not being super, like all your interactions, there's nothing superficial about you know, interactions with people. And sometimes we forget about that because we meet so many people, we have so many interactions in our day you know, that can be super, like superficial, like the growth, like the supermarket cashier or the, yeah. you know, just like our clients sometimes, like we're talking about the weather and they just want to get into the the stuff. And like, if you actually have that different mindset of like, there's nothing superficial, like there, there's a person on the other end and like, let's, 
um, talk to them as that. And like, you know, you did it with me, like we've, you know, hadn't really ever talked before. And you kind of talked about like what you see in me and what, you, you know, it means to you and like what you think it means to other people. And like saying those, like what you've meant to me, or just like, you know, people love, like, it's just, it, it, it strengthens connections in so many ways. Like a quick story, like I, you made me think of something that I, I, I used to do like I used to be like that, like like taking selfies with people, and, and it totally was like super. It was just to post, and a couple of years, two years ago, it was actually after this conference, a, a sales success conference, that I met so many people we both know. I saw the artist. Um, he's a hip hop artist, Common, in the airport, and so many people are taking pictures with him and stuff. Common was at uh, the Oprah her tour when I was awesome. there. He's yeah. so awesome and such yeah. an amazing person and artist. And so many people just were like crowding around him, getting pictures. And, and I waited till they all left. And I just went up to him and I said, you know, Hey man, I just wanted to let you know, like, I, I love your music. And I looked at him right in the eye and just said like, and your music is so important. Like some of the lyrics yeah. are so meaningful and, and impactful to so many people. And I just wanted to, to let you know that. And, and they've, they really meant that to me. And he just looked at me, he, you know, shook my hand, looked at me dead in the eye. I was just like, man, thank you. That's exactly thank you what I'm so much. About. And man, wow. That's really, that really, that means so much for you to say that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. And that's it. We didn't take pictures. No one else knows about it. Maybe he forgot me afterwards, but like, in that moment, we had this thing where he was like, man, he sees what I'm doing. He, it, he means it like what he's saying. It's not yeah. just, it's not superficial. Right. So and it would have been okay to even take a picture after that. Totally. Right? I could have. And I, and I actually felt like sort of doing it, but then I was like, I don't even need it. You know, it's just, was okay. You know, it's a great memory to have. Right. But the fact that you led with making sure that you told him what his music means to you and, and that, that it's important. You know, the fact that he looked you in the eye and shook your hand and that you could tell in that moment that he really appreciated that. I think that that that's that speaks volumes. And to some people, it might not be a big deal, but to people like you and I and so many others, like that feeling of of gratification, what that does for us as, as empathetic people and people that humanize everything that we do, our interactions, like that's huge. It is. Yeah, totally, totally. All right. So that approach, just like thinking no one's superficial. I think a lot of people might be listening like, okay, like I get it. And, you know, we should be doing this stuff, but like, how do we actually execute on it? What are some things that we could be doing? And I always ask this question around like, you know, like people that don't consider themselves in, in sales, maybe, maybe somebody that's just like, you know, you're not in professional sales, but like, you just want to learn from salespeople, like, how do you build these stronger connections? You know, is it questions that you're asking people? Is it certain things you're focusing on? And maybe take it to the salesperson. What is, what are some things like that person? I'm in 20 years in sales. I've, I've hit my quota, like it's tons of years. I don't know, Michelle, like what you're saying, like, of course I do that. That's a given. Yeah. And I'm on to the next thing instead of actually prioritizing it and like actually executing on it? What are some things that you might um, advise both of those people? You know, there are, there are different types of sales professionals. There are people that like the day-to-day the -day 
right? And they, they're more about the process and they, they enjoy that. And even if it seems transactional or it seems robotic a little bit or predictable, there are people that like that. They like the structure and they don't really, I don't wanna say buy into, but they're not as interested in humanizing that process because they're comfortable, they make a good living and that's fine. You know, I, I've met so many people like that. I've worked with so many people like that and that's fine. It's just, after a while, it, it, it wasn't working for me because it was too monotonous. And, and I believe that people are so complex and, and there's, so, there's so much out there. There's so much culture. There's so many interesting things to see and learn and do with all different types of people. And I really wanted to kind of incorporate that and, and my, my hunger for that into my career. So I didn't want the monotonous process-driven, numbers-driven type of thing. So for people that really want to embrace the latter, I think that all they really have to do, it's just a mindset. I don't really think that there's like a manual or a how-to guide because we're doing, the, we're doing these things every day with friends, family, neighbors, we're having conversations. Like this should be one of the easiest things that we're doing. I think where the disconnect is, is people are afraid to incorporate that mindset into their careers because they're afraid it will impact their careers and their ability to make money and be successful. They fear that by being very conversational and empathetic and, and focusing more on the relationships rather than the business, that it's going to affect their integrity or affect them being looked at and viewed in the light that they wanna be, not as professional, not as knowledgeable, not the expert, but more like a buddy. But I, I believe that that might've worked years ago because I was a victim of that too. I was afraid to be vulnerable and to have these conversations and build connections and relationships. I felt like I had to be the expert. I had to be able to say things a certain way and perfectly and with authority. And over the years, I've learned that that's not the case. You can do that, but you have to, like we say, humanize the process. So your, your question about what can people do and how can they incorporate that, they have to get rid of that, that limiting belief that they can't combine both and still be effective yeah man you know I, I i i think that you know people do sometimes things that think it's an and or uh you know it's an either or scenario and we why should it be like like you said we're no different than um you know someone on the other end you know they're they're like, you know, we may be different in terms of like, you know, our seniority or experience level or knowledge level or whatever. Yeah. Like there's like, you know, I saw something, you know, like um, someone posted something on LinkedIn, you know, I don't know, like 99% of, or something really high of what makes us human beings. We all are the same, like our DNA, like our physical makeup, um, even like just our brains, um, there's yeah. only a small percent that we're actually different, you know, and, yeah. and it's that, that's, that's all of our powers. Like there's no one way to no two salespeople can ever be alike. They could try to execute the same playbook. Um, 
And right. no two buyers, uh, uh, obviously, in, in sales are, aren't going to be alike. There might be personas that are similar. Are, yeah. you know, two people can be, have a, a same job title in different companies and be similar of what their problems are, but they're not the same, you know? 100%. Um, the same. So we're all different. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I, I dem- definitely, I'm curious though, like, I know it's, there's no playbook, right? But like, are there questions or things that you've like in, you know, uh, stories of, 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 of things where, you know, clients and people really opened up? I know those were two great ones, but where you never thought they were going to tell you something like, I'm, I'm sure that you have so many instances where it's like, you know, what you're describing, I feel like it's just, it's, it's a very natural approach. It's like, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, same with me. Like people are like, oh my gosh, I see what you're doing. And like, I love what you're doing. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know. I'm just kind of yeah. trying to, I'm, I guess that's great feedback. I love hearing it. Like people like you say it, but like, if you could like, you know, step outside yourself and saying like those times where people like really opened up to you, like, can you, can you, you know, where do you, were there questions, were there things that, you know, you, you, you necessarily thought you um, asked or that um, got them to really kind of tell you more than you really ever thought they were going to? Absolutely. Absolutely. And ironically, it's the same concept, whether you're having a conversation with somebody, a friend, a relative, versus having a conversation with somebody that you're trying to qualify for business. The more you ask questions, the deeper you get, the more specific that you get, but not just the art of questioning. It's also questioning with, with purpose, with intentionality. It's, it's <clears throat> actively listening to the person as they are answering the questions, but it's it's not just what they're saying, it's paying attention to their body language, paying attention to their eyes and how they look at you and, and, and just a certain type of vibe and energy as they're answering the questions. And if, 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 if people pay a lot of attention to that, they can pick up cues about where people are like what their hot buttons are what 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 they're passionate about but 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 you have to really care right it's not like just an art form where because i've seen this written in books and i've seen people talk about it on panels and whatnot like you have to learn how to ask the right questions and qualify a certain way and you know that's all well and good and it's all true but when you do it and you really care and and you you want to solve somebody's problem and you want them to open up and elaborate and share with you, you have to kind of like release the tension, like let your shoulders drop a little bit and just have a conversation. And your, your original question about have I ever had conversations with people that they shared more than they probably expected or that I expected, I've literally had conversations with prospects, with, with clients that I coach with just people on the street where I've brought them to tears because I, 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 was, I wasn't afraid to ask them certain questions and, and, I, and, I, and I cared and I wanted to figure out like, how can I support you? How can I help you? And, and people are just very comfortable opening up with me and they've literally started to cry in my face. 
And I think that while I don't want them to cry, I don't want them to feel pain, right? It said a lot to me about the ability that I have to connect with people and to bring out such emotions in people. Yeah. And it's happened often. It yeah. really uh, Oprah Winfrey cried. I, I I made her cry. If I can make her cry, <laughs> there's something about I mean the pictures that I have with her, which are actually like behind me on the wall, like over here. Like yeah. she took her glasses off and like she had tears in her eyes. And like, yeah. So it's it's something that I have within me that's a very deep thing. It's innate and I feel like that's my superpower. I'm just a deeply, deeply empathetic person. And that connection with other human beings is so vital for my existence. Yeah. You know, I think those four words are so powerful. You said like, how can I help you? Maybe five, I don't know. Um, but you know, yeah, how can I help you is, is if I'm breaking that down, it's like a lot of people don't know, don't wanna ask for it. It's hard for them to like, if, if maybe it's selfish if they if you ask for it but if someone's like again you combine that question with like your just and make it genuine and it's and it's something that you like it's just how you walk through life um that is is super powerful because again like you know people don't always have people that they can open up to you know so like if you're presented as that different person that man, Michelle's taking a little more time with me or, yeah. you know, she's, uh, the, again, it's, it's not just another like, like just like person relationship to her. It's just, it's, it's just me. It's just the two of us in this place talking. We're the only person in the, in the world, the only two people in the world that get to have this conversation. Yeah. That's, um, you know, where I think a lot of magic happens, you know, and I, and I just, I don't know. That's what I, that's what I take away a lot from what you, you just said. I don't know if you had anything to add to that, but that's, you know, what you're, what you really kind of like made me think about just there. I, I, I do. And I think that as a society, and you may agree with this, it's almost like predictable when we have small little interactions, if we bump into people in the grocery store right, you know, right literally down to sitting across a table or being on a Zoom or a phone call with a prospect. There is some degree and a large degree of expectations of what will be said, <clears throat> whether it's small talk, whether it's referencing the weather, whether it's you know, like, like there's, there's expect, there are expectations of the types of questions and the directions that those conversations will go in. And when you break that pattern, and you show people that you're genuinely interested in what they have to say and you're and you're listening with intent and 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 you really care and you want to have a dialogue with them it really makes them like stop in their tracks and be like whoa like i'm not used to this i'm not used to being asked these types of questions and the way that they're being asked and so that that's like the ultimate pattern interrupt no matter who it's with no matter where it is but you can't fake it because people see right through it. Either you have yeah, it yeah. or you don't. And if you don't have it, you can learn to work on that. But people people smell that a mile away, right? When it's not there and they're just used to it, they're numb to it. So that that's what I think is important right now that, that we do that because it really has an amazing outcome. Yeah. 
You know, and it, it's, I, I'll just kind of end off like saying like, I think, um, you know, we talked a little bit before this about this fear that people think that like they're maybe like their story is not that important or that they'll be judged or that like they just won't, what they'll like, what they're saying won't land or throw all that out the window. And it's just kind of like, you know, Hey, maybe we're, maybe like, you know, they'll have something in their life where they can relate to me on a level, maybe not, but like, it's worth it to try. It's worth it to, you know, leak. you don't have to tell your whole life story to somebody, but if you say like, Hey, maybe this is just something really hard that happened to me. People, I, I've had someone on this podcast. We both know Chris Watson said, you know, when you're vulnerable, um, it's like um, the there you don't have any weapons uh, that, to hurt the other person, right? Like so, their yeah. armor goes down. Absolutely. <laughs> and so when you when you don't have any weapons to hurt the other person, people are like, okay, like maybe I can I can be vulnerable back, you know. So that's that's a a superpower right there. When, when you, when you voluntarily start that dialogue by being vulnerable, instead of waiting for somebody else to do it, even if the conversation starts off so guarded and you go ahead and become vulnerable in that moment and share something about yourself to watch somebody's guard go down. And like I said before, like their shoulders drop and they're like, wow, like this person just shared something personal with me. I can put down the facade. I can, you know, tuck that under the rug and I can get real with this person. It's all, it's, I don't want to use the word game, but it's, it's like a strategy. Like I love doing that with people because I don't want people to feel they have to have their guard up with me. So I willingly share things because I know that people will relate to it on some level, even if it's small. And, and, and that's, that's, that's where the best connections come from. I feel like that's the root of making the most incredible connections with people when you, when you can you when you can do that and get people to open up and connect with them on a deeper level. Yeah, I've just noticed it um, with a lot of the stuff that you kind of put out into the world, and a lot of people think you have to put out like, you know, just kind of insights and business and you know that sort of thing, and like you put out uh, things about your family and like just you know just things that you're feeling and just like something like an inspirational quote or, um, you know, a real like deep story about like your life and like, you know, like you'll be like videotaping yourself in a car, just kind of stream of consciousness of what you're, what's going on. And it's so, and I bet you so many people, I know I do this with me when I've gotten to, you know, I, I told a deep story about what, how, you know, 2020 was the most impactful year of my life. And it really was all the events, getting a new job and dealing with family, personal loss and people reaching out to me. Thank you so much for what you wrote, you know, it made me really, you know, I, I went through a hard year this year or like I lost so-and-so to cancer as well. And, 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 you know, thank you for, and, and like, man, I, I never set out to do that. I didn't set out to like get people to give me validation on it. I just like, sometimes it's the only validation you need is just like what you're feeling. Yeah. And it's cathartic too, right? <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, Cause I used to, um, I'll, I'll just kind of 
say like I used to think that like I needed to affect one person like okay like people say okay like don't put anything out there unless it's useful to one person or you think it's going to have use I'm like you know I also heard that don't put out maybe that one person that it could be useful is is yourself I love that 100 (laughs) percent plus how would you even know if you did affect one person I mean is that scalable is that it's unless they told you, you don't know, you just have to hope that that it resonated with somebody. And it's a bonus if it comes back to you and you find out. Totally. Um, you know, I can talk sales and life like all afternoon, I feel like, but um, <laughs> people have to, do, to get on their days and we do too. Um, maybe, um, uh, you know, so anything that you would leave like uh, two questions. One is just kind of like what you want people to kind of walk away from this in terms of like, you know, just maybe something they could do tomorrow, things that they could be doing to kind of like, just look at the, maybe their lives, just their like, you know, very common moments that they have in their lives a little bit differently. Anything you would challenge them to do? Absolutely. So while there are many that I always like to share. I think the one that is the most relevant for right now, it just started a brand new year. I feel that, I believe that people need to stop overthinking all of these processes, right? We, we, we try to connect dots and we, we overthink things and often we feel that they're harder than they have to be. And we romanticize and glorify all of these different things and, and people and their processes and their playbooks and their insights and their how they post, what they do, titles. We live in a society where status is a huge thing. And if you're an influencer, how many followers you have, like we, we think we have it all figured out and we overthink things and we compare ourselves to other people based on all of these things. And if people can learn to kind of just let those things go a little bit and focus on the present and just baby steps, stop worrying about everybody else, what they're doing, how your content and what you're saying and doing will be perceived and taken and how it will affect others. Just go for it. Just put yourself out there, start small and and, and just just, just keep the momentum. That's been my favorite word. It's my word for last year. It's my word going into this year. If you focus on yourself and what your goals are and what your intentions are and stop worrying about how all of this will be taken, perceived, utilized, judged, people are going to judge you anyway. You might as yeah. well make it worth their while, you know? Yeah. And, and that would be my message. Like just stop overthinking it and just trust the process. Yeah. Um, all my friends in Philly will, will like that line because that's the uh, 76ers uh, basketball team's line, trust <laughs> the process. But, you know, it's, um, yeah, I love that. Just kind of um, people are going to judge you anyway. So why not just give them who you are? Because yeah. it doesn't matter in the end. It, it just it really, really matters. Doesn't. It yeah. really doesn't. You know, when we're all 100 years old and, you know, we're, we're taking our last breaths and, and when we're not here anymore, we're not going to be eulogized for 
all the sales we made and the followers we had and the things, the materialistic things that we owned and you know what we're going to be eulogized and remembered for? The people's lives that we impacted, the people that we touched, the legacy that we're leaving, the fact that we were loving parents and God willing grandparents or great grandparents, brothers, sisters, daughters, sons. That's what we leave behind. And when we keep that in mind, it really puts everything else in perspective. Totally. I love that line. Um, you know, we, we want to end off on something kind of fun because, you know, we are so unique, um, you know, in, in just uh, individuals, unique, unique human beings. There's no one in the world like us. And so this is a question about you, Michelle. So this is, I ask every single guest this, and it's just, um, you know, if I were to ask you or maybe your, your, your family, like what is something that could only happen or would only happen to Michelle Hecht, what would it be? And another way to look at it is like, if I asked your, your family, your kids, like, what's just something that's like, oh my gosh, that thing is like totally Michelle. That's just only her. When I think of this, it's, that's so totally only something she would do. I'd have to use, um, I'd have to use the, the examples of Tracy Morgan and Oprah, like just yeah. going for it, yeah. like not overthinking it and being like starstruck and like, oh my God, I have to get a picture. I have to get a selfie. I have to like, just in that moment being like, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to not only get the picture, but I'm going to have an impactful conversation and, and we're going to walk away feeling like, you know, we, we, we both just got something out of it. We had a great conversation and, you know, we'll be memorable. So just being fearless, just going for it, not overthinking it and worrying about why or how or what, just all in, all in, baby. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All yeah. in, all in, uh, Michelle Hecht. Well, you know, Michelle, and thank you for going all in with us so well uh, sure. in our uh, conversation. Where can people uh, go all in, maybe connect with you and, and just keep this conversation going with you after? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously. Uh, they can email me at michelle at thesalesrebellion.com with two L's. And I'm also on Instagram as Phoenix of the Sales Rebellion. Nice. So it's like Phoenix underscore of underscore, you know, but yeah. So yeah. those those three places I am, I am there. <laughs> cool. I'll put it all in the show notes. Michelle Hecht, thank you, thank you, thank you for thank you, Alex. being on this today. So impactful for me. Thank you. Likewise. Hey gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.